Black lives matter. They've always mattered. We love hosting this podcast, but this is our time to listen, not talk. On this episode, Adventure Nannies On Air is featuring Black leaders from the nanny community and other industries. Today's episode is facilitated by Daniel Sadler, our communications director. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we did. Welcome to Adventure Nannies On Air. My name is Danielle Sadler. I'm the Director of Communications here at Adventure Nannies, and it is my distinct honor to welcome today to the podcast Malia Hudson. Malia is the Placements Director at Sound Care Agency, and we are so honored to have you here with us today. Welcome, Malia. Thank you. I'm so excited. We're so happy to be here. So today we're going to be talking about anti-racism in the childcare industry. And I'm so excited to hear your perspective working as a black woman in the industry, as a placements director and working within the agency space and also uh, within the newborn care space. And I think that, you know, you have so much experience within the industry and also a very specific experience. So I'm really excited to hear Uh, your feedback and your perspective on how we can look at anti-racism within the childcare industry. Where do we start? (laughs) Where do we start? I know. So let's start off with something that I think you brought up that I think is really important that we could just talk about right off the bat, which is how agencies can make a difference in anti-racism within the industry. Agencies hold so much power and have so much ability really to use that power within the industry to really direct and and motivate change. So how do you feel about that power and and what agencies can do to be actively anti-racist? Honestly, I think that agency owners and workers within agencies can tend to forget the power that they have you know, between everyone working within their industry, like on each other, and the power they have in influencing our industry and influencing the way that nannies operate. Because, I mean, if you really think about it, a lot of nannies, like, they look up to agencies. They see what the standards that agencies have, like, they see that as the bar. And going for agencies agency like where is the bar and that kind of determines how they respect or do not um, respect agencies and so when we started talking about you know workshops and things like that you know other agencies were like very excited and and you know reached out and wanted to be part of it and it was kind of at that moment that I was like very excited and also kind of disappointed because I would see, I was seeing and still seeing some agencies put out a statement, you know, in June, it was who's putting out a statement and who's not. And nannies were kind of creating this discussion based on who they were respecting because they put out um, a statement, but everybody who's really doing anti-racism work knows that that's not enough. And so agencies can do so much more than just put out a statement you can host your own anti-racism training you know you can find somebody amazing who can say the things that you're not sure how to say and like putting systems in place to prevent this putting systems in place so that you know your clients are not bringing 
prejudice, racism, racial bias, and all sorts of things so that you're not putting your nannies in placements where that kind of discomfort and pain or awkwardness is going to happen. You know, it should be in our applications for families, our applications for nannies should be in our interviews with them. We should be talking amongst the staff. And it's like when we say this is how it's going to be, the nannies who want to work with us, you know, they're going to listen. Right. It's not a, a, it's not really like an if and or but like, the agencies set the standard for the nanny community and the nannies, you know, that's where the bar is. So that's what they're going to do. And if we are the ones who need to tell nannies, Hey, it's time to do the work. Then we need to do it. We don't need to round at each other. Like who's going to say it first, because that shouldn't be where we're at right now. Right. I definitely agree with you. And I think there's so much room for every individual, um, you know, within the industry and even outside of the industry to be looking at our personal role in fighting systemic racism. And I think that within the industry, there's obviously such a long history of people of color, women of color, and specifically black women being treated in a way that is absolutely inequitable within the industry. And I think that, you know, like you mentioned, there are so many ways that industries, or I'm sorry, that agencies can can use their influence and their platform to really create the conversation and to create change in the industry. And I like how you mentioned, you know, obviously hosting your own anti-racism training, and we're going to get into some of the trainings that we know about upcoming, some that are hosted and, and developed by Sound Care Agency with Brandy Jordan that I'm very excited about. Um, some of the ones through INA with their diversity committee that's sponsored by Adventure Nannies that have been really great to witness. But I think that, you know, we can do more. I think that we need to be kind of looking at individually uh, where does our power and our influence intersect with an opportunity to create change. And for some people, that might be as a nanny working in a situation where you might have more power or more influence with your hiring family and working with people who uh, maybe as coworkers, English isn't their first language. And so, you know, what can you do to use your power to advocate for those individuals and to help support those individuals? Um, from the perspective of an agency, you know, what can agencies do to be putting these systems into place? Like you mentioned, I love the idea of having this discussion of being actively anti-racist Um, Something that's taking place in the interview process as agencies are working with clients and hiring families and also as they're working with prospective nannies and candidates to look at, you know, how are we setting the bar and the expectation for equity within the roles that we're presenting and the placements that we're managing? I think that's really powerful. So um, I, I think, you know, there's a that we could probably talk about that for hours on its own. But I think for those agency owners that may be listening, you know, maybe take a moment and think about what can I do at this point with the platform that I've built to actively be promoting anti-racism and to be really actively putting systems into place within my agency to protect the people who I'm placing, to ensure that they're being placed into positions that are going to be equitable and safe for them. I think that sometimes owners or people who are in a position of power may feel like if they're not somebody who is, you know, Black, Indigenous, or person of color, that they feel like they want to do something, but they're like, I can't 
do anything, like what do I know and I don't want to do it wrong, you can always, like there are people like Brandy and Hannah Hallowell who do this for a living. So if you don't feel like you can, but you want to bring it to your community, reach out to the people who have this already pre-packaged and ready for you. And, you know, basically I'm just saying, ask for help. Exactly. I think that's so important. Ask for help. And then also the other sort of flip side of that coin is acknowledging that this is something that needs to be an important part of your budget as an agency. This needs to be something that you are purposefully planning to compensate people to take care of this and to sort of acknowledge that, okay, this maybe is information that I'm not fully comfortable or confident that I can convey in my position, but there are professionals like you mentioned. And Hannah and Brandy and many other people, but those people are amazing, that agency owners can reach out to and compensate them for the education and the knowledge that they have to share with us. And I think it's really important to not only acknowledge that you don't have to just do this on your own. There are people who are professionals who know how to talk about equity and anti-racism and have great systems that they can help you implement within your agency. But it's also really important to acknowledge that in order to do that, this needs to be something that is a top priority for you as an agency, and it needs to be something that you're willing to invest in. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I pose the question that to some agency owners, you know, what would you do if you had placed a nanny or a doula or an NCS who's, you know, considers themselves to be black indigenous person of color in a position and that family said some racist things or, you know, how would you handle that? Right. And if the answer is, I don't know, then that's a good (laughs) indication that there are some systems that need to be put in place. There's some, some work that needs to be done. Absolutely. I think that's such a good question that, that, agency owners can ask themselves right now, you know, what would my response be to that? And like you said, if the answer is, I don't know, then again, now is the time to reach out to these individuals who are professionals and are excellent at managing these sorts of conversations and helping you to understand how to put these systems into place that will protect Black, Indigenous, people of color that are working within your agency or people that you are placing through your agency. So, You know, on the other side of this, let's talk about, you know, what can nannies do to be actively anti-racist? On a very basic level, identify it and call it out, you know, when you're seeing it happening. And that is, for many people, easier said than done. I think a lot of nannies have good intentions and sometimes don't want to rock the boat. And then there are nannies who want to rock it endlessly. You know, and we love them that. Right. So I think, you know, calling it out, but to know when you're seeing, you know, things that are harmful, things that are inaccurate, things that are upholding, you know, white supremacy, things that are just outright racist. Like you need to know what you're looking for. You need to know, you know, the microaggressions, the macroaggressions. And by no means do you need to know everything, but you do need to have a level of knowing, and it's a good idea to increase that level of knowing over time. Yes, absolutely. From the books, the books that are in the nursery, 
you know, knowing a little bit about the authors. You know, there are some authors who have written amazing children's books that have an openly racist past. And then, you know, is it something, a decision that you can make to burn the books? Probably not, because those are not your books. But having that knowing and pointing it out, you know, does the family want to know this? Is this something? But also just having that knowledge for yourself is incredibly important. Maybe you want to bring in some other books, you know, for the kids or request some other books for the kids or just tell them other stories that don't have that energy there. Right. Uh, you know, also in the language that we use with children, you know, right now, I think there are some, you know, some kids go to daycare. It's so much less now with COVID and whatnot, but you know, where are kids seeing other kids right now? And if it's only on the television or if it's very limited, then, you know, it's a little bit of a different story, but you know, if they are around kids who are a different ethnicity, who are not white, you know, and they talk about that kid, you know, talk about the way that they talk, if it sounds different, like listen to the way that they're talking about, you know, kids of other ethnicities and cultures. And is there anything that you can add or correct there? You know, because their, their little minds are, are like sponges. So it's a great time to say, yes, you know, this kid's hair looks a little bit different than yours. And this is why. And there's different, you know, care that goes into that. And it's not bad. It's just different. That's just the hair they were born with. And maybe have discussions about different hair types or different hairstyles. Like you can see them in certain, you know, books. I've given books to some of my friends who've had kids who have babies in these books of, you know, different skin tones with different hairstyles. And so it's, just like you're reading through perhaps Alice in Wonderland and you go through and you, you know, you pick apart the pages in the books um, and like what's on those pages. You can do the same thing with these different books. And, you know, when they're looking at different children or different families and when different holidays come up. Right. I love that. And I love the idea, like you said, of, of really acknowledging that the representation is so important. Even if you are not able to have your kids physically interacting with other children right now, as much as maybe they normally would be, or maybe even at all, because of COVID-19, I think it's still really important, if not even more important, to be really looking at what sort of representation your, your nanny kids are being exposed to. So are they being exposed to, if they're watching you know, videos or or educational films? Are they watching things that are produced and created by Black, Indigenous people of color that are featuring Black, Indigenous people of color? Or are they kind of predominantly seeing a lot of white-centered material? Then when it comes to books, again, like you mentioned, I think that's so smart to look at the, the reading material that your nanny kids are seeing and the stories that you're reading to them and look at not only the ethnicity of the nanny children that you're working with, um, but also kind of look at, okay, what can I do to sort of broaden their horizons to let them sort of see a more accurate picture of what the world is like? Because even though maybe we've got so many children's books that are written by and for white people, 
realistically, that doesn't represent the world. So it does so much benefit for your nanny children when you're able to offer them the perspective of different lived experiences. So seeking out information and stories. And, you know, one of the things we talked about in a previous podcast was, you know, you can even create sort of a fun um, sort of adventure out of creating a way for the kids to do sort of virtual travel and go online and find all of the resources that are available to check out different cultures and watch amazing, you know, TED Ed videos and sort of, you know, actively be seeking out ways to expose your children to different experiences and different cultures and different, um, different ways of living and and sort of broadening their horizons from a young age so that they sort of understand the beautiful diversity that is the reality of the world we live in, as opposed to just consistently seeing things that are created by white people and that are featuring predominantly white people. I think it's really important that we, we kind of acknowledge that it starts there, you know? I agree. And I also wanted to add that I think it's important that in any way possible that you can access that when you're trying to expose children to facts and teaching them about different cultures, different ethnicities, different situations, that it would be so much more beneficial to seek out sources where those people are the authority and and teaching about their experiences. So if you want to teach a child about a Native American tribe, like a specific tribe or multiple tribes, try and maybe find a video or something or a soundbite from somebody who is from that tribe, somebody who has that lived experience rather than a white person who's trying to teach you about black culture. Exactly. It's kind of like when I see it, it's, it's almost like, why, like, how could you think that you know my culture better than me is the feeling that I get sometimes. Absolutely. I completely um, relate to that. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's just sometimes you just really need to hear it from that person who's lived it because their behind culture is such rich history and so many stories and, like, lived experiences that bring meaning to the way that cultures are and develop and why their experiences and traditions are upheld the way that they are. Absolutely. I think that's so important. And I think, you know, for a lot of folks listening, it might feel, you know, a little bit strange to even think about talking about being anti-racist when you think about children, because I think a lot of people have this sort of misconception that racism is something that is learned in the sense that people don't really even as a young person, acknowledge the differences in in race. And I think it's so important to really face the reality that young children absolutely recognize the difference in humanity and in individuals. And for us to sort of act like, oh, we don't see color, like everyone's all the same, not only does it harm the people who have lived the experiences of being a black person, an indigenous person or a person of color, but it also, you lose the incredible benefit of being able to learn from that beautiful culture by trying to sort of act like it doesn't exist or that maybe children don't even notice that their friend is black or that their friend, you know, celebrates different holidays when absolutely they do. Children are very smart and it's our 
our job as caregivers to really be providing opportunities for them to investigate the things that they're noticing in the world and to provide them with a toolkit to, to really investigate them well. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here is exposing children to lots of different cultures to help them understand the world better and to really ultimately make them more successful adults more compassionate adults. But I think by, you know, by doing that, we really also need to sort of at a base level acknowledge that children really do understand so much more about what's going on than we give them credit for. And it's absolutely vital that we don't look at this whole idea of racism as something that is just, you know, well, that's like a not really comfortable thing to talk about with children when this is actually exactly when you should be talking about racism is when people are young and have the ability to really be forming ideas of how the world works. And I think it's such an important role as caregivers that we have right now at this very crucial point in history to really be providing this next generation with these important tools to really understand how they can be fighting for an equitable future for all people. And I think it's it's really important to, to kind of be teaching them how do, how do I find out how do I seek knowledge and find the truth? Um, and I think like you mentioned, teaching them how to appropriately find answers about things that they're curious about. You know, if you're curious about your friend and they are a Native American from a specific tribe, like you mentioned, seeking out knowledge from somebody who is a member of that tribe and acknowledging that the person whose story it is, is the person who you should be seeking that story from and that, that deeper understanding from. And when appropriate, you also should be compensating them for that time. And I think it's really important to teach children that at a young age, this is how you find knowledge and this is how you go about it in a way that's responsible. I agree. And I think it also, teaching them at such a young age, even if they are going to be locked up in the house for who knows how long right now, it's when, you know, whether it's tomorrow, next month, next year, five years, 10 years from now, when having the knowledge now, you know, bringing it into their awareness now, um, when they do encounter people from different cultures, they have a level of respect Yes. A certain degree of understanding and just knowing how to connect to people and so that they don't have that auto response of like their other, you know, right. like they aren't the mainstream. They are not like me, you know, that kind of right. you know, that divisive thought process rather than, you know, and instead they'll have like that respect and seeing that there are differences and respecting them and appreciating them wanting to get to know them in a respectful way, how to flow within humanity in a way that, that creates more inclusiveness and love and connection rather than divisiveness and confusion and um, assumption. Yes. I think that is so perfectly said. That's, that's exactly the way that I feel about it. I think it's, it's so important that we understand you know, that not only are we providing an, an opportunity for these kids to approach the future differently, we're kind of setting out the the ways for them to really understand how to approach everything in life that at first is different. And, and rather than looking at things that are different or new as something that is scary or bad or wrong, 
kind of teaching that sort of inquisitiveness and that respect, like you said, where when you encounter something that's different or new, that you have this immediate sense of curiosity and interest and understanding and desire to connect as opposed to immediately responding with, ooh, this is different. I don't know what it is. I don't like it. And I think that's something that's learned. That's not something that, you know, you just innately have as a human. I think we really have to flex that muscle of looking at new things and things that are different as things that we're excited to understand more as we work to connect with other humans. Absolutely. Okay, so we already have talked for so long. (laughs) So before (laughs) we wrap up here, I really want to touch base um, on some of the cool opportunities that nannies and caregivers will have uh, to sort of deepen their understanding about systemic racism and how to be actively anti-racist. And one of the things I'm really excited about that's coming up here is the Be Braver anti-racism workshop for caregivers that is being presented by Sound Care Agency featuring Brandy Jordan. And I'd love to hear from you a little bit about what that's going to look like and how folks can register for that and get signed up. Yes, we're super excited. It's going to be on the 22nd of August. And Brandy Jordan and Hannah Hallowell, they're doing it together. And I mean, they, if you don't know who they are, like they've been in, you know, our industry for so, so long. I mean, Brandy was a nanny. She's a doula and a lactation. She's an IBCLC and she travels the world. You know, she's in different countries around different cultures all the time and Hannah is also amazing I don't know her as well but I did have the privilege of you know zooming with her a little bit and she's just amazing and so they're going to be you know breaking down ways that nannies and caregivers can stop upholding white supremacy in the nursery in their everyday life in work and kind of where it intersects their their life outside of work and how they bring it into work. Ways to see it so that their eyes will basically be open. And it's not going to be the type of workshop where you just sit back, turn on your Zoom, turn your camera off, and, you know, just kind of go about washing the dishes, mm-hmm. maybe on while you're taking a shower and brushing your teeth. <laughs> this workshop is going to be very interactive. You'll be breaking off into little pods, and, you know, discussing um, different aspects and acknowledging, seeing and um, talking about it with other people, things that you see based on, you know, what they're talking about. Are you doing X, Y, Z when you're at work? And, you know, how does that make you feel? And, you know, what can you do differently? And what do you think about, you know, the content and whatnot? So there will be lots of uncomfortable conversations but everybody's going to be comfortable and that's the beautiful thing so it's not you know you're not going to be put on the spot and called out and whatnot like everyone is on the spot and called out because everybody will be engaging and this is how we create it's a positive learning space and this is how we create you know forward motion anti-racism is a verb it's not like just a thing it's something that you do it's something that you are doing it is part of you it's something that you bring into the shower it's something you bring into work into your relationships and you know so on yes 
I am so excited. I'm personally going to be attending and I'm so excited for the opportunity to learn from these incredible educators and also to have the opportunity to be uncomfortable. I think, you know, one thing that as humans, we really tend to shy away from any sort of controversy or confrontation or feeling like we don't know the answer and really, you know, to me, I think that we have to really acknowledge that in order to move forward, to really move towards an equitable future for all people, we have to sort of look at our position and our role in systemic racism and what we can do to battle white supremacy. And a big part of that is being willing to be in the hot seat as an individual to do the actual work. And that work means kind of confronting the biases that you have that you may not even really be aware of. So workshops like this that you're mentioning are such an amazing opportunity to really be confronted with the opportunities that we have to learn, the areas that we really need to look at under a microscope and say, gosh, why do I have this sort of small way of thinking that I really don't even know where it came from. It's just always the way that I've thought about X, Y, Z. And putting ourselves in the position to learn more and to be sort of told, hey, that's actually really harmful to think that way. And then not only to think that way, but then to act in a way that reflects that way of thinking. So I think it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity that Soundcare Agency is putting on, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. And I would just strongly encourage any of our listeners that are able to, to check out the registration. It's on Eventbrite. If you head to the Soundcare Agency Facebook page, you'll find the link. It's also on a, the Adventure Nanny's Facebook page. One thing I wanted to also mention was today I noticed that y'all were doing a giveaway. So if there are people who are in a position where they're not able to financially um, afford the workshop, one thing that you could do is sign up for the amazing generous giveaway that Soundcare Agency has just announced today. So head over to their Facebook page, get registered, sign up for the giveaway if you would like to. But, uh, you know, we really hope to see you on that Zoom. I think that's going to be an incredible webinar. Another thing uh, that I would love our listeners to kind of keep their eyes out for, INA uh, Diversity Committee has been hosting some really incredible webinars um, that are sponsored by Adventure Nannies that are also Zoom. And if you just keep an eye on the Adventure Nannies Facebook page and the INA Facebook page, you'll see the notifications for those come up. Um, those, again, all you need to do is just register for those, and they're really easy to sign up for. So I think these two options are really, really important uh, as caregivers, as agency owners, as anybody within the industry, when you're looking at, okay, what can I do to be actively anti-racist? Like you just said, Malia, that means being um, in, in, in action. It means taking a step forward. And one step that you could take would be to attend this amazing Be Braver webinar, to be checking out the um, anti-racism webinars that INA and their diversity committee is putting on and to really seek out books that also will be helping you sort of gain that deeper understanding of the systems that are in place within our society that are inequitable, that are not fair to all people, and that in so many ways oppress a huge amount of people within our society, people that we love and adore and people that really, I think, if you look at the way that the system has been established, we may not even realize all of the ways that Black, Indigenous, and people of color are being impacted. So I think being sort of actively wanting to take that step uh, is, is such an important part of, of looking at your role as a caregiver um, combating anti-racism in, in the childcare industry, or combating racism, rather. So... 
It's going to be a good time. I am so excited. I really can't wait. So huge thank you to Soundcare Agency for doing that and for producing this amazing event. I'm so excited to learn from Brandy and Hannah and, you know, also to be called out, to be noticing areas of, of my own sort of blind spots where I can improve myself um, and really beyond improving myself, where I can look at ways that maybe I have been harmful or ways that my biases are harmful that I'm not really aware of and confront that and change that. And I think if each of us are really willing to do that work, the future for our society will look so different for these children that we're raising. I agree. And I mean, I, I just want to say that, you know, this, these workshops, they're for everyone there for everyone no matter how you identify you know and what your you know ethnic makeup is like it is for everybody because we if you're from the u.s you know if you grew up here you grew up having colonization slammed down your throat into your brain yes since, since your first day of school so this is for all of us absolutely Yes. There's so much opportunity for unlearning some of the things that were incorrect and then, you know, reestablishing sort of a baseline of what, what do we want society to look like? How do we want to have um, these systems sort of abolished and changed? And, and what can we do to take that step? And I think as agency owners, as childcare providers, we have so much um, power and so much ability to really make such a difference in the next generation. And it really does start with us individually looking at where, where our influence intersects with um, oppression and how we can actively change that. And, you know, I think a, a big part of that is really kind of finding the language and finding a deeper understanding of what this all looks like and really being willing to invest the time and the emotional energy in in, in seeking that understanding, which will result in a lot of, um, you know, difficult self-reflection. And I think that's such an important part of doing the work. So we need to wrap up, but I just want to thank you so much, Malia, for your time. You are just such a well of knowledge and amazing perspective. And I feel so fortunate to have spent this time speaking with you. And I just want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate that you're speaking about this, that you're, you know, doing the work yourself. And I just, you know, this is something that I felt so passionately about, you know, since even before starting to work for Soundcare. And it just makes my heart full to have these open and passionate conversations. I, it is absolutely my pleasure. And really just having the opportunity to learn from you is really the honor of us. And also our listeners are so fortunate to have that opportunity. So I really appreciate your time and all of the work that you have done as an activist for years and the way that that's influenced, uh, you know, your ability to share that perspective so poignantly now. So I really appreciate all that you've done. And I really look forward to us just getting to speak more in the future. So thank you so much for your time. All right, listeners, we are so excited to uh, wrap up here and let you know that things that you kind of need to keep on your, on your calendar upcoming here 
We definitely want to, again, sort of shout out the amazing Be Braver Anti-Racism Workshop for Caregivers that's coming up on August 22nd. So again, please head to Sound Care Agency's Facebook page to find the link to sign up. Keep an eye on the INA Facebook page for their diversity committees, webinars, and let's just continue to work together to find ways to be actively anti-racist within this industry and beyond. Thank you so much for your time. We look forward to speaking with you all soon. Thanks for listening. For more, visit us at adventurenannies.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. To send us love letters, questions, or ideas for future episodes, email us at podcast at adventurenannies.com. Bye. Bye.